Hi, I'm Randy Heckman. Welcome to the Grand Awakening Podcast. Our heart here is to do all that we can to incline the heart of our Sovereign Lord to pour out His Spirit in power, reviving His church here in West Michigan, in our state, and in our nation, leading to a great spiritual awakening, all for His glory. But first, it's critical that we listen to what God is saying to us and that we quickly and cheerfully respond to God's instructions in humble obedience. Today, we're going to talk with Howie Levin, an amazing guy who leads an incredible ministry in our nation's capital. Well, it's my pleasure to welcome a friend that I frankly haven't been with for a number of years, but uh, we follow him from somewhat of a distance and uh, certainly proud of the work he's been doing. Howie Levin, as you can tell by his picture, is <laughs> in D.C., Washington, D.C., our nation's capital. Let me just tell you a little about Howie, but first let me just say welcome, Howie. Thanks for joining us today. It's a pleasure to be here, Randy. Thank you for inviting. And uh, you got an amazing background. I love it. I love to read this. He's, uh, he's spent a number of years in the electric power, the nuclear energy side of things. And uh, it makes me excited because that tickles me in a, in a significant way. I love nuclear energy. You got a graduate degree from a place that I got an undergraduate degree in called MIT in Cambridge, Massachusetts. And uh, But uh, you've obviously come to faith in Christ, and you've got, uh, let me just see, your executive director of what's called One Heart DC, and we're going to hear more about what that is in, in a minute. It's just amazing ministry in our uh, capital city of our country. And uh, previously, uh, Howie, uh, he's been a number of, of, of nonprofit boards, but previously he served as pastor of Outreach Church and Community Partnership at McLean Bible Church, a rather mega church in the D.C. area. He, before that, he spent, as I indicated, 30 years. Wow. You must have started when you were 12 years old, Howie, the way you look. <laughs> You're so kind. Yeah, 30 years <laughs> in the electric power industry, designing, building, and operating <laughs> nuclear generating stations. Amazing, amazing. So he's done a lot of fun stuff, but uh, welcome again. And I'd love to hear how you made the transition well, first of all, you you weren't probably not raised in a Christian home. Is that fair to surmise? Yes, that is fair. You might uh, know that from my last name, <laughs> Levin. And uh, yes, I grew up in a in a Jewish home, mm. um, and it wasn't until midlife that uh, Jesus just came into my life in dramatic ways, and it changed everything. How did that happen, Howie? Well, it was a combination of. Uh, uh, just many, many years of uh, dutifully, not dutiful, but uh, just gracious witnessing of my wife, who had been uh, a Christian uh, since a, a youngster. Wow. And uh, I didn't realize that some of the things I loved about her really were driven by her faith. And it was just God's timing. A number of things came together. I saw some dramatic changes happening in our children, mm. who were teenagers at the time. And uh God just sent me on a journey, just searching and seeking him and uh, uh, never looked back. But I knew everything changed at that moment. And uh, so I went on a, a pathway of uh, eventually uh, getting out of my secular job, as you indicated, sure. in the power industry, went yep. to seminary. And uh, uh, that's how all this got started. I'm the most unlikely person in the world to be sitting here with you today. 
That is so cool how God Praise does God. that. Isn't that amazing? So how old were you when you uh, gave your life to Christ, approximately? I was um, 40. Okay. Oh, and I'm now amazing. 69. I love it. I love it. Uh, <laughs> so you are now, you've gone through some you know, nonprofit sorts of things, and now you are executive director of One Heart DC. Explain to our, our listeners and viewers, what is One Heart DC? One Heart DC is a, um, a classic uh, gospel movement mm-hmm. in our nation's capital. And by that, I mean the region surrounding the District of Columbia, the 10 counties, uh, about uh, six and a half million people, 5,000 square miles. Uh, that's our mission field. Okay. Uh, and what we are about is advancing the gospel together in the church. We're currently about uh, 750, 780 some, some partners that include churches, uh, nonprofits, and, and faith-based organizations. Okay. Okay. And how did it get started? Got started. Actually, this is an anniversary of sorts. Um, it was uh, on Columbus Day in 2014, mm. that uh, 5,000 or more people found themselves to the National Mall, and we prayed. And what preceded that was a, a, uh, an epiphany and part of a prominent pastor in the area. Pastor Lon Solomon, wasn't it? Of exactly. McLean it was Lon Bible Solomon yeah. of, of McLean Bible Church. Right. And um, he was deeply convicted uh, that he himself and his church mm have been, if you will, uh, lone rangers and, and, and not very good citizens in the, in the yeah. church community. And he wanted to confess that to his peers. So he came to me and asked me if I would um, set up a series of uh, meetings. These were solemn assemblies all around town in the summer of 2014, senior leaders on their knees just praying uh, together. And the important thing is that many said, me too. And they said, uh, we've been the same. Uh, and uh, they were just, it was just a deep conviction. Mm, wow. uh, we didn't quite know what was going on. And uh, we said, maybe we ought to keep praying. So that's what led to the Washington, first Washington prayer gathering on the mall. We've had several since. Uh, the numbers kept growing. Uh, but uh, it was a powerful start to what we now see as, as a, the One Heart DC gospel movement here in the nation's capital. Well, I, I think I can speak for many of our viewers that what we see on the news from the District of Columbia um, is not particularly unification. It's exactly the opposite. We see a lot of division, you know, left versus right, and rhetoric, and the news covers this. And how, how are you influencing that part of it, if at all? Well, really, it's a, a, a tale of two cities. Okay. I mean, the, the nation's capital is all of ours, and there's those of us who uh, live here. And so, um, you know, what you'll find in the, in the district, for example, are a dozen or more very eclectic neighborhoods, places people live, mm. and, and uh, the everyday things of life happen. And then there's the political side, uh, the things that you probably do see more of on the news. Right. and. Um, it's uh, dr- dramatically uh, contrasting differences between the two. Mm. We minister in both realms, uh, but primarily to the people who live here. Okay. 
and it's approximately 6 million people that, that we consider our mission field. So what have, what would you say would be some of the significant gains? I mean, that's a huge number of churches working together, praying together and, and, you know, coming together. And I, I heard the sermon by Lon Solomon, by the way, that you described the pastor of at that time of McLean Bible church, just how he felt convicted that he he was this lone ranger, and he reached out yes. and in that first uh, Columbus Day meeting, uh, you know, there, I think near the Lincoln Memorial, and uh, I think it was raining too, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, at least the weather wasn't beautiful, but still, people were there on their knees. It was an amazing event. Um, it was so, but beyond that, I mean, coming together for prayer and so on. What what other impacts have you had? What what do you what encourages you as, as you've moved along since that time in 2014? Well, what encourages me is to, to see more unity in the church mm. and uh, coming together to advance the gospel, uh, recognizing that uh, no single church uh, can do it alone, mm. that uh, God saw a church that would function in a certain way, more interdependently, and uh, collaboratively and mobilized together uh, to bring the gospel, uh, uh, not only in word, but in deed. And uh, particularly in, in the, well, in both cases, but uh, we see some of that happening, whether it be COVID or whether it be the Afghan refugee crisis or, or times like that. Uh, that's when we see the church um, operating as we think Jesus prayed for and intended us to be mm. uh, in, from John 17. Yes. So there's, uh, we're still a long way from, uh, I think, uh, the vision he had for his church, uh, but we see steady progress. There's a lot so of faithfulness great. and uh, people uh, coming to know him, mm-hmm. uh, you know, through, through, through his church. Oh, that is so good. You know, it's, it's just, I really think, you know, that promise that you mentioned in John 17, he says, may they be perfectly one so the world will know that you sent me and that you'll love them as much as you love me. I mean, in four verses, he prays for unity of us three times and it uh, ends with that strong promise. I've said it before, and I really believe that maybe our arch enemy knows that promise better than we do because we just say, oh, no, but you're different from me. And oh, you know, blah, 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 blah. We can't be one. And how do you work through that with people, you know, that are just saying, no, you know, they, they baptize infants or their way of communion is different from ours or, you know, their spiritual gifts are different. And, and yet we're, we're truly brothers and sisters in Christ. You know, we believe in, you know, salvation by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. I mean, if that's true, we are brothers and sisters forever. <laughs> How do you work through that, Howie? And I'm asking it selfishly yeah. because of I'd like to see more unity here in West Michigan, frankly, in our churches. But how do, how how are you working through that? We well, one of the first things is we try to emphasize the you, you might call the foundational pillars of our faith, and recognizing that there are other issues mm-hmm. that are uh, not the primary issues. Yes, the primary issues. Uh, you might say, are we? You know, we have that. We have to agree to to several things. We have to agree um, about uh, who Christ is. Uh, we have to agree um, about uh, basic some basics, like well, how are we saved? 
Um, but there are other things that I would say are denominationally important. I don't want to minimize that, sure, sure. but are not necessary to um, collaborating together to advance the gospel mm-hmm. in, in a region. Yeah. And so I think our the tent, if you will, of those 750 plus uh, partners mm-hmm. um, is, is broad because we've uh, purposefully set aside what I might say are the, not the secondary aspects of the gospel. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think it has worked. If you look inside the, uh, like who's involved, um, you see the church the way it really is mm. uh, in its full diversity across denominations, uh, uh, generations, racial and ethnic diversities, um, any primary you want to uh, speak to. Uh, I'm not saying that we're ready to declare victory because victory will be one with the whole church mm-hmm. is, uh, you know, uh, working together to, to bring the gospel to the whole region. Yeah. Um, and uh, we're not there yet, but. Uh, we're just just faithfully trying to uh, pursue what God mm-hmm. has for us, and and um, so far uh, he has he has given us great blessings oh, in that that's, process. That's awesome. That's awesome. You know, the, there's a great need in our country, as you know, um, for another great awakening, uh, such mm-hmm. as has kind of recalibrated America in a huge way a number of times in our history. And uh, I know that's on your heart. I've read some of the material that you have uh, about this and, and your desire. In fact, you've got a prayer summit, a leadership prayer summit coming up soon. I, I read with great interest about that. But is there, is there focus of, among your many churches for revival and spiritual awakening in D.C.? Most, most definitely, Randy. Um, uh, we realize that uh, there's work to be done first in our in ourselves. Yes, for you know, sure. In the sense of uh, Jesus' church needs to be uh, revived. Um, we've uh, seen many, many examples of um, where that's not quite happening the way we think he he intended. Uh, whether you look at the uh, political season. Yeah. Or how we have uh, behaved with regard to um, things like uh, COVID, or uh, you name the issue, critical race theory, or or the you know, uh, uh, I think we actually had a moment amongst uh, some pastors. We have these things called leadership clusters. There's about mm-hmm. fifty of them around town, where mm-hmm. either pastors, business leaders. Uh, Nonprofit leaders get together, prayer and, and, and encouragement, that sort of thing, and mission. And um, there was this in the one that I birthed oh, about 15 years ago, a heaviness, a brokenness recently when we were kind of sitting back and realizing uh, some of the response to some of these challenges. Mm. And we said, wow, you know, maybe people aren't where we think they should be. In, in a sense of spiritual maturity based upon the reaction and things like that. And um, we're, we're quite, we're quite concerned about that. And what, what can we do with that? The thing that we're most charged with doing is making disciples right. and helping people mature in Christ. Mm-hmm. We had felt a sense of uh, failure. Mm. And um, I think that does impact our witness. And um, so at, at the core of any of these gospel movements, I think, is continuing to, it's, it's, 
in the Great Commission. It's in a number of places, but but basically growing in Christ, growing in our in our maturity. And I think when we do um, some of the things that we've seen that have impacted our witness will uh, turn around. Uh, now, I don't want to say that none of that's happening. A lot of it is, but we want more. Sure. We want more. That's good. How often do these uh, clusters meet? Uh, clusters meet um, the most frequent. Some meet every week. Mm-hmm. Most meet every month. And some, uh, you know, possibly quarterly. It depends on yeah. their focal point. They tend to be focused on either a geography, okay. a, uh, a people group, mm-hmm. or a need. Okay. But, uh, but what you have is spiritual leaders, business leaders coming together to uh, to pray, support each other in life and ministry. And uh, mm. but so they we try to encourage their formation, um, whatever the uh, you, you know the catalyst might be. Yeah, you know, you interest me when because uh, I'm in a cluster, you might say, with a mayor of our town, and a number of pastors, black, white, different denominations. And we've been meeting together for about six years, and we've taken retreats, and uh, it's really been amazing. We, we're committed yes. to each other. You know, it's just, a, it's a it's love. We, you know, there's hugs, you know, and we pray for each other, love each other. We don't have a lot of business people there. What, what t- tell me, talk to me, what does that add to it? Because uh, we might want to open our door to, to those sorts of well, folks. I- I would strongly encourage it, uh, Randy. Um, we're having a, a bit of a, a, a second revival, if you will. You know, the one that happened back in uh, late 2014 with spiritual leaders. Right. We are seeing happen in the marketplace. Wow. Um, it's as if uh, those men and women are saying to us, wow, we're glad you asked. Um, I believe that we haven't, as a church, done a very good job uh, discipling this group. Mm. They are a unique group with unique needs. We, and, uh, and so what we're seeing is we've, we've invited them in on mission, if you will. Okay. And they're saying, wow, um, we're in. Uh, and so it's really uh, an exciting time. Uh, we're trying to have them uh, use the same gifts and skills that, that God gave them that they use every day at work for the kingdom. Hmm. And what's amazing about this group is fundamentally they solve problems. You know, their businesses are oriented towards a certain need or problem. Sure. And, and we've put some of the biggest uh, unacceptable realities in our city in front of them. Okay. And they are hungry to uh, come together and work on some of those hmm. with the church. Now it's another. It's a. It's a. One of the things I'm learning. We're learning how to do is how do you. It, it seems like we've almost been on two separate rails. Right. The, the spiritual leaders mm-hmm. and the business leaders, and how do we have those rails uh, come together more uh, without frustrating each other? Because these guys and, and and women are amazing. They have a bias to action that, quite frankly, some of us in the, in the spiritual community aren't quite so quick to. You know, we'll we'll want to pray about it, which is great, right? Sure, sure. Uh, uh, but we're not actually for a variety of reasons. I mean, pastors have the hardest jobs on the planet. A lot of things are on their shoulders, um, uh, but we're learning how to bring them uh, together. I, I'll tell you a quick story, mm-hmm. just how this came about. Okay. If, you, if you have a moment, sure. Um, there were as often I do, I, 
you know, I'll see two people that just need to meet each other. I won't know quite the reason, mm -hmm. uh, but it's just a prompting of the Holy Spirit. And there was two guys, a, a, a business person that uh, had a network of, of, of his colleagues and a pastor who had gone to the inner city of D.C. He had a career. He had a Ph.D. in chemical wow. engineering. He um, and he was led to uh, go to seminary plant a church in the District of Columbia in, in some of our most distressed neighborhoods and live there. Wow. So I said, you, you guys have to meet each other. I don't know what God's going to do with it, but so uh, they and uh, two of us from One Heart DC just began praying. So we prayed for several months before God said, go tell others what's going on here. So we, uh, we did. Um, I made a list of 100 people that I knew had a heart for the inner city. And we prayed that down to 25, invited them to a meeting in the middle of, you know, COVID and, right. and said um, uh, 24 showed up. And we started to talk about what are some of the problems? How can we work together? How can we learn to do that? Which we really did. We mm -hmm. really didn't have good um, history of, of having done that. And so now we're in, the, in a process of uh, how, how can we together build a, a viable and virtuous ecosystem that is going to bring transformation to two of our most distressed wards in, in the city. Okay. And um, it's, it's a partnership between um, the vocational people in the church, as well as those in, in the marketplace. And we're just, we just can't wait to see what God does with this. It's, it's really been amazing so far. That, that is amazing. That is amazing. You know, the heart of, of what this podcast is about is, you know, what, what is God trying to say? What he's trying to communicate to, to the church in America today? And I know, you know, you've given some thought to that. You got any sense of, of what he would like to say, at least to the, you know, the church of greater D.C. or, or to the greater church in, in our whole country at this time in history? Well, um, the primary thing that I think he would say is return to your first love. Amen. Um, yeah. When, uh, you know, he said that to the, uh, Jesus said that to the church yeah. of Ephesus. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's, it's so, uh, you know, when you, when you think about all the, the challenges that we're experiencing, if that happened, some of these things would go by the wayside. Sure. Um, and, uh, it's not that there aren't those that are, um, you know, spot on, uh, their first love. Yeah. But there's so many of us that have gotten distracted, uh, whether it be the things of the world that include politics, pandemics, uh, critical race theory, or all these things mm -hmm. that have, um, really, uh, actually shied people away from him. Yes. It's it, what I feel people might see in us is why would I be interested in joining that tribe when I see, um, you know, maybe even how we're loving or not each other, yep. uh, the kind of, uh, things they hear and see, um, in the, in the news. Mm -hmm. So I think, um, you know, uh, I think if we get back to that, many other things will fall in place. Yeah. You know, either you look to the church in China, Iran, Afghanistan, 
India where they're being persecuted, many of them for their faith. Mm-hmm. And those churches have been growing, whereas in America where we've had it pretty easy, the church has been in somewhat decline. And I'm just wondering whether, you know, the COVID thing, but then, you know, the, the culture doesn't always look real favorably toward those that hold to a biblical view of things like marriage and other sorts of things. And, you know, that we've become increasingly viewed as bigots and, and undesirables, whether, you know, as the persecution increases, it, it really forces us to choose, are we going to continue to lovingly express the truth? Or are we going to, eh, everything's fine, you know, don't get mad at me. Do you th- are we going to see the revival we're praying for, even if it means we could be put as Christians under a greater sense of pressure, opposition, maybe even persecution? Yes, and, and as we know, if we look back in history, um, that wasn't all bad. That's right. I mean, that pressure, you know, the, the, that crucible that, 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 the, that the church was in. Mm. And uh, quite frankly, I'm conflicted as to what to pray for. In I that totally agree because, with you, Howie. <laughs> I'm on the same page. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And we see three categories here okay. in the nation's capital. Okay. Uh, we see a group that is uh, succumbing to that pressure. Mm-hmm. You might uh, say fearful, uh, even isolating further. Yep. And uh, risking actually closing their doors. Mm-hmm. There's a group that, I mean, the world uh, has had some challenges and things are changing that are um, working harder, uh, wearing themselves out, spending more money and time. And but fundamentally in the same paradigm as normal, mm-hmm. normal times. And I don't think these are normal times. Right. Um, and. Uh, which may or may not be successful going forward. Right. If there have been fundamental changes in, in the landscape, mm-hmm. uh, that may or may not. And then there are those uh, that I think are it, with humility expressing that maybe we don't have all the answers. We need to find them mm. first on our knees, but then uh, experiment and, and things like that. And uh, those are the ones that we watch most most carefully because uh i do believe that we we know that ultimately the the church is going to be victorious and uh, those that are innovating and experimenting and things like that are of most interest to us and um i want to say that you know i think it's a, a tale of two cities as we 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 know that um there's some really great stuff going on from that group for example uh, and uh, there's some challenging things mm. where uh, so I'm I'm I want to I want your listeners to hear from me that uh, there's an amazing uh, a church there's a remnant in in the church in the nation's capital that um, I think is operating as Jesus intended. Wonderful. Uh, they are uh, sacrificing for the gospel, advancing it together. They're mobilizing. They're collaborating. But we want more. Yes. We want. We want uh, the whole church, you know, focused on the whole region with the whole gospel. And um, so we have work to do. We do. Yeah. But it 
it, what we do see, we see just these these glimmers that are are powerful. Well, Howie, let me just say I am so thankful for you. And as your slightly older brother in Christ, proud of you. And uh, just, you know, as you come to mind, we were going to keep praying for you. You're at such a strategic place, of course, in our world, certainly in our nation. And uh, you continue to move ahead with energy and optimism and faith and courage. And I'm just so thankful for you. And I wonder if you could close us in prayer and pray for some of these things and just for God to move powerfully in our nation. Yes, 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 yes. I will. I'd be glad to. Well, dear Heavenly Father, uh, we just sit here at a, at a just a critical point mm. in time in our nation's history. Uh, it just seems like uh, there's challenges everywhere we look, but we who follow Jesus can look to you yes. and you're almighty. You're all powerful. You created everything here and you have all the answers. So I pray that, that at this time that um, we would just, um, just look to you. Uh, you have the answers. Uh, you're the source of, our strength, um, what an adventure, unspeakable wonder you are, the things we've seen and the things that we, we expect to see. Yeah. Uh, Lord, we admit that we, we do not have all the answers, mm -hmm. uh, but you do. Yeah. And we pray for uh, your discernment. Mm -hmm. um, and we pray that, um, that one day that, that our city and cities across this land, across the world would experience uh, just the, the shalom and joy that, that you intended. Yes. Uh, so, so Father, we, we, um, we just lay it just before your throne mm -hmm. uh, that you will uh, bless us with the knowledge of, of, of your will yeah. so that first we may walk in a manner that is, that is worthy of you but also to uh, display your glory, uh, your mercy, your justice um, throughout our land. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Howie, thank you so much for being with us. Appreciate your heart. Appreciate your words. And I know it's going to touch many, many lives that listen to this. Thank you. It's a pleasure. Can be the glory, Randy. Oh, yeah, I get it. God Ple bless you. Pleasure to be on this journey with you and so many other uh, city movement leaders throughout uh, the United States. Uh, we, we haven't even mentioned all that. Yeah. Uh, what we've talked about today is happening all over the place. Amen. Uh, and across the world. That's right. All right. God bless. God bless.